Welcome to the Nature Walk Podcast by Vagabond Naturalist. My name is Tim, and this is our first episode. This nature walk was in the Sage Creek Wilderness of the Badlands of South Dakota in May 2015. There is no trail, really. To be more accurate, there are innumerable vague trails, almost entirely made by beasts, with their own inscrutable agendas that rarely match the needs of a human traveler. Objectively, it is a landscape with infinite options, dictated by whim and physical barriers, a steep gully, a downed tree, or a thicket. So we wander. It's not purely random. The broad valley stretching southeast of our encampment is compelling. An open grassland with a distinct yet underplayed topography. Across the horizon stretches a wall of rapidly eroding spires that defy scale, lending them a grander proportion than they truly possess, yet making a reasonable focal point for dead reckoning across the knee-tall prairie grasses. This landscape is an irrefutable treasure. A precious remnant that could convince you that grass and hillocks stretched away for the months it would take to walk them. It once did. And though we no longer know the fearful joy of standing surrounded by a prairie as unimpeded as any ocean wilderness, the illusion holds. The proportion and the wildlife are sufficient. Prairie dogs standing sentinel bark a scolding alarm as a bachelor bison lumbers across their town of scattered holes. The warning call gathers the clans, familial nose touches confirming bonds, the truly skittish diving into nearby holes. The massive intruder shedding his nappy winter wool, he couldn't be more indifferent to the scampering rodents or to the entourage of blackbirds hitching a ride on his humped back or flittering amongst his hooves. Girth and presence, as if a world unto himself, the insects he attracts are a feast to his avian passengers, and each step tills a rich soil. We begin our walk at a lonely picnic table. I'm sure that decades ago, it was of sturdy construction, though now it buckles as we watch this fellow put his shoulder into it for a hearty scratching session. He couldn't seem more indifferent to us either, but we give him a wide berth as we walk away. A straight line seems like a reasonable expectation. It is an expectation soon forgotten as we reach a 40-foot embankment hidden from our ground-level vantage and containing a copse of eastern cottonwood inhabited by an annoyed porcupine. Our presence is not part of his immediate plans, and putting his quill-laden rear end towards us, he patiently waits for us to continue around the ravine. Relieved of our linear path, we relax into the shape of the land. The wild things are willing to go about their day, as we aren't trying to force the place to fit any agenda of our own. Raptors circle above. Reptiles prowl the surface. Across the small river, a pair of pronghorns slowly graze. Their confidence as the fastest animal on the land allows us all to share the moment. Like the bison, they once lived here in immeasurable numbers. 
Seeing just a pair is enough to fire the imagination, as if the aura of these two is strong enough to invoke the ghosts of thousands more. There are no impediments in sight to argue with this thought. It doesn't seem to matter which small finger ridge we choose to climb to the valley rim for a return route, but the one I've pointed to leads us towards a declivity that hosts a group of mother bison and their calves of the season. We quiet ourselves out of deference and attempt to skirt away from them. We are noticed, and at first the mothers seem warily satisfied that there is no threat. This holds for several minutes. Then something changes. I'm not sure what spooked them. It may have been the adorable calf scampering towards us unaware and then stopping abruptly to look askance at its mother. A nonverbal tension is communicated and time stops as it balances. It doesn't take much to tip and they all begin to move. Our group pushes into the next wash and rouses the dozens more over there. They all move across the river, picking up more of the herd as they go. It is not long before we realize the full extent of their numbers. Hundreds of these bulky animals and their offspring are now galloping up the other side of the valley. We are immediately aware of the rare privilege of the next several minutes as a scene unfolds of this wild land integrated with the power of its native beast galvanized in significant numbers. It is ancient, if not eternal, and we watch as it takes its full course up the adjoining valleys, gathering still more numbers the hoofbeats resonating across to us until the last of them trickle out of sight over the far ridge. It is a threshold landscape. We're not far from the 100th meridian a line demarcating the well-watered east from the arid west. The geographic center of the country is nestled somewhere out in this prairie. Walking upslope, subtle gullies harbor new creatures. The gay leaping of white-tailed deer, its fluffy namesake reared as if in surrender. Our eastern woodland animal flee downslope to our right. Moments later, a pair of stiff-legged mule deer, the black-tailed cousin of the open west, bound uphill on our left. We rock on this seesaw landscape, the hinge point of a continent, as we crest our ridge rewarded by the full vista of grassland combed by the steady westerly breeze, golden fronds atop green stems. Just shy of the far horizon, in a valley snug up against the badland spires, an equally rich browsing land holds our bison herd. The once rumbling mass is serenely animating the distant basin, their slow movements indicating no hint of the collective panic during the previous half hour. Though the scene could be taken from 20,000 years ago, the waning centuries of the Pleistocene, we couldn't feel any more intensely in the moment, in the present. Music was Lightning Struck Here 
by the band Campfire Fight. And you can find out more about us, the Vagabond Naturalists, at vagabondnaturalists.com.